0: And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
1: Hello, Laziali all over the world. Welcome to Lazio Lounge, the one and only podcast about La Prima Squadra Capitale, completely in English. I'm Vittorio Campanile. With me, Alasdair McKenzie. Alasdair. Another incredible performance from Lazio beating Genoa way is something that we are really not used to see in the, in the last years. But this season Lazio is able to do anything, I think. Do you agree?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's, it's the latest example, I think, of, like I just said before we came on it, a game that Lazio probably wouldn't have won in previous seasons, in the last two or three seasons. Um, given the flow of the game, given the way the momentum shifted, um, it was a really impressive performance, you know, in terms of the the way that they, I think the real maturity of the team, to be honest, uh, the way they saw out the game, the way they navigated the difficult parts that they took advantage of, their opportunities when they came. And all of this, despite having lost a Cherby in the hour before kick-off, despite having, you know, an unrecognisable back five essentially compared to what we're used to so yeah it's it's you know it's another week where we're here again to talk about a victory but this one totally different from the others and with different players to talk about which is probably the most encouraging thing
1: yeah for for people who maybe are not very aware about Serie A, genoa is probably one of the team most on form with the, the new manager nicola they won the last two they didn't allow a lot of goals at home. I think at not, none in the last three four matches. So this tells you what a challenge it was. Lazio scored three times against Genoa at home. Uh, everybody said without a Cherpi, Lazio is going to struggle. It's not going to be the same team. Lazio was able to beat Genoa. Yes, Genoa scored twice, but one was an amazing goal from outside the box, and the second one was a penalty. So There's really nothing to blame Vavro for. And let's start from, you know, this summer signing that made his first start in Serie A in February. Um, At the beginning, I I watched his face and he he looked really, really scared. I was like, oh my, this is going to be terrible. But as the match went on, I thought he, he found the pace, he found the rhythm, he found confidence and overall i think he had a good performance i'm not saying he played as a sherby but it was a good performance
2: yeah absolutely um he was you know the first player that inzagi picked out after the game and i don't i don't think he was the best player on the pitch i think it says a lot that Inzaghi wanted to talk about him because he did deserve praise from this game and he deserved praise for a number of reasons first of all that he wasn't expected to play until last minute. Second of all, like you say, because it was the first time he started a Serie A game. So it's not just that you're saying, right, Dennis, you know, start doing some stretches, you're playing in half an hour. It's that you're saying, right, Dennis, you're playing for the first time ever in Serie A from the start in half an hour. And we've not seen an awful lot of this guy, especially since he's he's, uh, come back from injury. Um, It's been very hard for him to find any playing time. And, yeah, I think he started quite nervously. But when you're playing that nervously, I think he went about it in the right way because he was keeping it very simple. You know, it was, you know, playing to his strengths, basically, which is what we didn't see him do at the start when he was playing on the right side of that defence and he was trying to integrate in the way that Lazio played, building from the back, uh, you know, exchanging passes with Lucas in the midfield. And that's not not his strength. And he got caught out for pace. He got caught out in possession. Whereas this time he was like, right, I'm going to do what I'm good at. He headed the crosses away, he got his clearances away, um, and as the game went on, we saw him growing, growing confidence. And I think overall, it, we came away from that match thinking of Vavro as a player that we can actually count on in big games now. Because you know, it's it's one thing it, him doing that in a, you know, say if we beat Sampdoria 4-0 and he's playing in defence and he does that, it's quite hard to really take much from that game. But to play away in Genoa, a fixture we've had so many troubles in in the past, a game when we've been under real pressure, where we've conceded two goals, which we don't do very often, you know, it's, it says a lot that he was able to to play at that level and steadily improve throughout the game. So for me, he's the real, like, the real story of this match, to be honest, considering what we were thinking going into it and what we've come away with. One, one thing very important,
1: I thought it was, he didn't play a lot recently. I think he didn't play a second in the last month or so. Probably the last biggest appearance he made was in Coppa Italia, because Lazio went out of the Europe League last year. So it was even important to see him finishing the match in a, in a good form, because, you know, after you don't play a lot, maybe you start well, but in the second half, you, you start to feel the fatigue. You know, training is never a match, uh, so that, that was encouraging. Um, one thing, I agree with the decision of Simone Zaghi of picking him instead of uh, Acerbi, even because Luis Felipe was out because he, was, uh, he couldn't play. Uh, do you think that from now on, when some of the three central defender will not be able to play? Vavro will be in the mix. You know, we saw Bastos, Patrick, being the first substitution there. Do you think that now Vavro will be one of those choices for, for Inzaghi, or only if Acerbi, the central defender, will not be available?
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, I think he still has to play in the centre, and that, that's what works against him, because... Acerbi is the number one choice there, obviously, and it's quite hard to move <laughs> because uh, the guy is never injured. Um, it was even more of a shock that we lost him, given who he was before this game. And also, Lazio have come across a really settled defence this season and having that balance between Filipe, Acerbi and Radu, which has really been working. So, although it was an encouraging performance, it sadly, I don't think it's one he's really going to be able to build on any time immediately because uh, the only other option really is if a chairby moves to the left, which he has done several times, and Vavro plays in the middle, and, and Radu is the one to drop out of the team. Because I think for me, Vavro playing the centre is the obvious position for him, it's the position of least danger, it's the one that plays to his strengths the most. And uh, I think that the fact that we've seen Inzaghi, you know, over time. Position him there rather than on the right-hand side where he started off. Kind of tells us that Nzagi feels the same way. Um, just picking up on on what you're saying about his appearances there, though. I just got it up, and you know he played, started in every Europa League group game. But in Serie, A he's only uh, played four games off the bench all season until the Genoa match, and two of those were in the first three weeks. So that means you know he's got he's had two substitute appearances in about. What 23 weeks going into this weekend in yeah So, and, and, I and think the guy is 23 more... years old as well. It's you know, I, think, I, I we're... think he
1: played more in Marassi than in every other pitch, right? Because he he came in in the first match of this year against Sampdoria, when Acerbi was a little bit injured. Yeah, <laughs> and played 90 minutes again at, in Marassi last Sunday. So you know, if Lazio play at Marassi every time. <laughs>
2: That's funny looking at it because the first two games he played were against some and Spell, and then the second two games he played were against some and Spell. <laughs> so uh, yeah, some. He was finally allowed to be let loose on a team that doesn't begin with S. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, but I think that is the issue with him is that you know he is this season at least going to find it quite hard to get, to get that space in the team. But w- what I was going to say was you know the fact that he is twenty three years old and he has had such little. Um, opportunity this season to play in the team means like I've said before that I I think we shouldn't we should be like slow to write this guy off because he there's a reason they wanted to spend this money on him there's a reason he came here with a reputation that people do rate him in his own country in Copenhagen where he came from and I think in the future hopefully if not immediately in the future there may, may well be space for him in this team
1: Yes, definitely. The The question mark is will Inzaghi next summer, I presume, try to move him in a different position or will he stick to be the, the central defender and maybe move Acerbi? Because uh, we saw him playing uh, on the right side of Acerbi and at the beginning of the season it didn't work out. Now, we don't know if it's just because he had to learn the position or because it's n- it's a position where he struggled to play. But obviously, when a team like Lazio that doesn't spend that much money spend 11 million on a player and just be a sub, I, I find it very hard to to understand it. Now, next year, there's going to be probably Champions League crossing fingers. And so maybe there's going to be more rotation there. But I don't know. I think Kinzag will have to force and find a solution there to make him play more.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that is the answer, though, is that he has to play through the centre and therefore push Chevy to the left. And that's not the worst idea in the world anyway, because if you look at our options we've got on the left side of that defence, Stefan Radu isn't, like as we know, isn't a guy who can play two games a week anyway. He is someone who's, you know, in the latter stages of his career now. He's getting on a bit. He's still a very useful player, but he's not going to last forever. So... When we're looking at left-sided players for that that part of the pitch, Bastos has done well in the past there. Patrick has played there. Felipe has played there. But none of those guys are are naturally left-footed options. They would all prefer to play on the right side if they could. So I think the space that Vavro perhaps could have is that when it's it's more a case of when Vavro is rested than when a Cherby. Uh, sorry, uh, more a case of when Radu is rested than when a is rested, because their as we know, doesn't rest. But if it's a case of Radu needs needs time off, then you push a Echebri to the left, you put Vavro in, there you go. Now, the question I have about that, I suppose, is more how that impacts the, the possible integration of someone like Armini in the future. Because I think that's something we'd like to see. But that's possibly looking a bit too far ahead because the guy is still with the Primavera and perhaps needs, you know, more game time in senior football, anyway, before he's considered as someone to play in the uh, senior Lazio team.
1: Well, he still have to sign the contract with Lazio, so maybe next uh. year he will leave. <laughs> we don't know. We hope no, obviously, but uh, it's going to be interesting. Alison, talking about Acerbi, because uh, he didn't train on Monday and there are rumors that he could miss even Bologna. At that point, with Luis Felipe coming back, would you give another start to Vabro or would you put Luis Felipe in the central position? and play bassos errado or patrick Errado beside him
2: um i think favros kind of aren't aren't uh, the the place you know and for me it, it is tricky because for me i've always thought that Luis Felipe's natural role is in the center i think that's where he's best placed as well but the thing is we've seen that felipe is more adaptable like a cherby both of them are best in the center but both of them are more than capable of playing in on the in either side of the center. Vavro I'm not convinced can do that so if you're going to talk about rotation I think it's it, it would be fine to have Vavro in the middle and then Felipe and Radu either side of him for example or or perhaps Patrick in there as well. So there are options. I mean it, it's not the deepest defense in the world but suddenly if you and and we shouldn't probably read too much into one game against Genoa, but at the same time, I think if you do get a dependable performance out of a player that you've been waiting to see that from, it does make a big difference in terms of how you you can look at the defensive selection. And I think that that game was the kind of game that 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 changed um, Inzaghi's mind. It's the kind of game that, for example, Valon never had for Lazio. You know, you you needs. we've talked about this quite a lot before, but as those fringe players in the team, because this Lazio eleven is so set and then the the preferred replacements are so obvious, you know, you've got Caicedo, you've got Patrick, you've got Cataldi, you know, for the rest of the squad players, their opportunities are so limited that they really have to make a big impression when they have those opportunities, which is something that Barisha, Dormisi, these guys never really managed to do. So... Vavro almost needed a stroke of luck, like a Cherby, falling out of the team at the last minute, to be handed that opportunity in the first place. But the fact that he's now taken it does, I think. Um, judging by the way we've seen Nzagi react before, the way yeah. we know his mentality, the way he trusts players, the way he nurtures that trust, I think that that kind of ticks all the boxes for him. So.
3: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Zagi now be more willing to give him chances. And
1: another thing, very important is again, we were playing against Genoa, a very a team in great form, without two starting defenders, because we didn't have Luis Felipe and we didn't have Achetbi. This was a thing that if it happened last year, Lazio would probably would have lost the match. And instead, we have to say again. Patrick played a great match. I thought Rado was excellent, but Patrick as well played a a great match. And I remember talking about it in the podcast last year that uh, uh, Patrick was really dangerous. And now I was thinking yesterday, I don't remember a dangerous tackle from Patrick this year in the box, but even close to the box. So you see, he, he has improved in a lot of different ways. And honestly, I was thinking Lazio has more option in defense than, for example, Inter or even Juventus as well. If you think it, Inter has four oh, central defenders, right? <laughs> they have Bastoni, Godin, Defray, and Skriniar. That's it. Lazio has Bastos, Patrick, Radu, Luis Felipe, Acerbi, now has even Vavro. We have six. So, you know, um, I'm not saying that these six are great, all great defenders, but they can play at a certain level. So, I see an upgrade there that it's very important considering the past of Lazio. So, you know, they're, they're all very positive sign even for the future, considering next year, hopefully, playing in the Champions League.
2: Yeah, well, I wanted to move on, actually, to the, the next big question that's come out of this game, which is about the wing-backs. Because, again, we saw uh, Marisic and Johnny start like they did against Inter. Um, and, unfortunately, it was another case like against Inter where... A lot of people have come away not particularly happy with Johnny, and his performance after we thought we'd seen some improvement from him. Um, so we've got some questions. And Andrew on Twitter asks us what should be done with the wing back positions. Marusic clearly deserves to start currently, but Lazzari has also been much better than Johnny. Um, Alex Decheseure replied to him saying it's easy start Marusic and Lazzari, um, and yeah, so, I mean, well, first of all, there's there's another question to come on the back of that, but we've seen that happen two games in a row now, Vittorio, where Nzaghi's looked to his bench, he's brought on Lazeri, and then he's kept Lazeri on the right, moved Marisic to the left. Is that something you think is now, after two identical games almost, what he's going to likely do going forward?
1: That's a big question, Mark, because you have Lukaku. You have Lukaku, and at this point... I would think, well, give a chance to Lukaku, especially against Bologna. Uh, we have to say that Johnny didn't struggle as much against Inter, but obviously, against Inter, you had Candreva, it's a dangerous player. Against against Genoa, you didn't have the same opponent, even though if you go and watch all the two goals of, of uh, Genoa start from that side. It's true that the second one, Johnny, was already out, but uh, the first one, Johnny allowed Genoa to put the ball in the box too easily. So, I, I wasn't happy about the performance of Johnny. And uh, I thought Inzaghi made the right decision. But we have to be honest. Lazar came in and was, if possible, worse than La- worse than Johnny. He didn't play as expected. So, um, I don't know. I was really pleased about Maruzic. I, I would honestly give a go to a chance to Lukaku. Uh, I think he's ready. He warmed up both against Inter and against Genoa. So yeah, I th- I think the next thing for me to do is to start Lukaku against Bologna Saturday and see how things goes. And then from there, start. I'm, I think Marušić have proved to can that can play on both side of the pitch, so that can be an interesting option. So yeah, I would start Lukaku if he's fit, honestly.
2: Well, the, pro- the problem almost is for Inzaghi, and it is kind of a problem in a weird way, is that Maricic has done so well. And again, like I was saying with Vavro, this is a guy who's not had lots of opportunities, but now he's taken them. And his goal, by the way, was just brilliant. I mean, it's <laughs> a hell of a start to the game. Um, and another example of what he can do in an attacking sense. But uh, yeah, so I mean, we, we do seem to have a lot of people now campaigning for him to be starting on the left. For me, I think that you take a lot of his uh, a lot of his kind of danger away by playing him on the wrong side. Um I kind of expected in a way that Latsari would be tried on, on the left side before Maricic would actually, but it's not happened that way. Maybe they wanna keep Latsari on his right foot in yep. in order to get those deliveries in the box. But yeah, I mean I, I just wonder, I mean, I know what you mean with Lukaku. He's finally seemingly fit again, he's training again, but is it not just a bit of a gamble? You know, it's this point of the season, keep talking about however many cup finals we've got left going towards the end of the season. Is it not a bit too much of a risk to throw Lukaku in now when we don't really know where he is?
1: I think the biggest question mark is how this will affect Johnny. I think big part of the Inzaghi decision is reflection of how will Johnny take it? Because, because, you can test Lukaku. You never know how it go- how it's going to work out. But even if you move Marosic on the left, you know how it's going to affect the performance from the first minute. So I think Inzaghi is thinking, OK, if I bench Johnny now, will I lose a player? Or will he react or be always available? Because, you know, this is the question mark. We don't know when Lulic will be back. And so until we, we don't have Lulic back... Maybe uh, Johnny feels like that is his position. And if I bench him, I'm going to lose a player. And at the moment, Lazio hasn't got that many options on that side. So I presume this is probably the reason why Johnny is starting all the matches instead of trying Lukaku or moving Maruzic. Uh, Bologna is going to be another important test for, for him to show that he has improved. Um, again, I, w- I would risk Lukaku because... If he's fit, then give him a chance. But yeah, in Zag, we have to remember he's very careful at this thing, right? How how his players react to um, to substitution, or uh, he wants the group to be all very focused. Uh, and so probably if Lukaku, if Johnny losing lose the starting job, uh, there is a risk that the players' mind could be off till the end of the season.
2: Do you think we're um, that fans are being a bit quick to dismiss Johnny here though you know it's two games where perhaps expected more but the reason more was expected was that he was showing improvements in the first place so you know talking about Lukaku coming in out of the wilderness to, to start matches talking about one of Maricic or, or Lazzari playing on their unfavoured side do you think it's you know maybe Johnny just needs more time, more trust. I mean, is there something to be said for that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we said it from August, right, that Johnny is not a natural fit for the 3-5-2. He's more a player for a 4-4-2 or a 4-3-3. He has to adapt, and it's never easy. Uh, Obviously, he had now more than six months to do it, so you would expect something more. And to be honest, again, as I said, I thought against Genoa he didn't play that bad um I was hoping to see something more but he didn't he wasn't that bad of a player um I think we need to give him time the problem is obviously Lazio at this point of the season cannot allow time to anybody so uh, he, he has to step up and, and show everybody what type of player he is uh, and adapt to this 352 that is not obviously his best uh,
2: position. The other question we got regarding left wing backs was, um, and I've not really had much time to think about this, <laughs> but um, Maddie was asking us you know, given Inzaghi sticks to his 3 5 2 formation, who would your dream signing be for the left wing back position? Um, Terry has had a hard time getting rid of all the dead wood there. Uh, so yeah, I mean some people have suggested in response to that Robin Gosens and Timothy Castan from Atalanta were mentioned uh, Marcos Alonso from Chelsea we've heard his name before he was mentioned but is is there anyone out there that you would you've seen play and you thought right that is the perfect left wing back for Lazio
1: Well Gosens obviously is a is a great player it's not going to be cheap for Lazio to sign him uh, Fares, for example, from Spal, mm-hmm. he's one of the players that uh, I would be interesting. Uh, I, I, honestly, I saw a lot of Strefezza still of Spal. He can play on both sides and he can be another interesting signing and quite cheap. So, uh, you know, uh, if Fares recover from the bad injury he had, uh, I think he could be a very interesting signing, especially if Spal get relegated. I think he could be sold quite easily and uh, at a good price. So, uh, again, that could be a cheap option. I think at this point, Lazio has to look for players who have international experience, especially if you're going to play the Champions League. You need players with Champions League experience. Obviously, this is going to cost you. So, you know, Sense would be perfect. He knows Serie A. He knows Champions League and so on, but we know that Atalanta is
2: is not selling cheap his players. So uh, yeah, and maybe. he's having season of his life as well. So yeah, it's
1: true that every summer Atalanta tend to sell his top players. So maybe this is his year. Who knows?
2: Yeah, I mean, if we're talking dream signings. I'd say let's, let's go all out. Let's get Andy Robertson in.
1: <laughs> yeah, easy one.
2: Why not? No, will try and convince them to splash the budget on it.
1: And uh, we buy Icardi as vice immobile. Or oh, Cavani.
2: No, we don't want Icardi to ruin the team atmosphere.
1: <laughs> and we can sign Cavani then.
2: Cavani, yeah. Yeah, okay, fine. We'll, we'll do that. Well, we'll pull the strings and see what we can do. <laughs> um, yeah, another question we had was about uh, Lucas Lever missing the next game. And, you know, he's guessing... missing the next game.
1: Sorry? He's not missing the next game. He's He wasn't suspended, right? He got a yellow card, not a red one.
2: All right, sorry, well, we've got a question here, saying, given Lucas Leva is missing the next game, and I have not questioned this, so maybe we need to do a bit of research before yeah, we answer and find I, out if it's right or not. He,
1: he was suspended after the Brescia match, right? So I don't think he...
2: Yeah, he's not racked up the yellow cards yet, I don't think.
1: I think he already, so he, he restarted, so he shouldn't be uh, already... Uh, Qualified, so I think he's. If he's not injured, which I don't think, he should be playing against Bologna. Uh
2: yeah, no, he's he's not suspended. He's not suspended, so never mind. We're gonna ignore that question. Maybe these are maybe these are landmine questions that have been placed to try and trip us up here. (laughs) Well, the 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 question is, uh, from an experienced
1: player like Leva, this is not the first time he gets a stupid yellow card. Yeah. I mean, uh, he played well, but obviously, knowing exactly and knowing how Leva plays, we all knew that he was going out, right, in the second half. Uh, and he got a silly yellow card. I thought he could avoid that 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 yellow card easily from a player from his experience. And this is not the first time, Alistair, because I remember we said the same thing in another match. Now I don't recall which one. But, yeah, from... Again, I like him, how he played against Genoa, but, you know, that th- yellow card was costly. And if you remember, at the beginning of the second half, Genoa had a big chance and Leyva completely avoided tackle because he knew yeah. he already got a yellow card. He would get a red card after that. So, yeah, he has to be careful. I, I, I didn't expect from him to make some s- stupid foul.
2: Yeah, the problem is that when he, if he gets an early booking like that, a lot of the aggression goes out of his game. It kind of has to, and I'm sure that's encouraged by Nzagi, who's terrified of red cards. <laughs> um, Correctly so. If you take that aggression out of Lucas' game, it takes quite a lot out because he needs to be there. He needs to be showing aggression because it, that's his role. You know, he he's the guy who's marshalling that midfield, um, and given the the fact that the players either side of him aren't exactly, you know, defensive players naturally. No. He's relied upon to be the guy who's who's putting...
3: Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com
2: It's my little escape.
3: Now Judy's the life of the party.
2: Oh, baby.
0: Mama's bringing home the bacon.
3: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy.
0: That's chumbacasino.com.
2: No purchase
3: necessary. BTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: In those challenges. So, yeah, I was thinking that while I was watching this game, and not just that, but also the way he talks to the referees still is just so much complaining, so much talking, and so on, and it made me think of the Napoli game again, and it's just... Yeah. I don't know. I guess I was thinking of a player of his experience. You expect a bit of a cooler head in these moments, maybe, and... Uh, I, I did feel a little bit like he might have just been getting a bit frustrated with how isolated he was becoming at times. Um, I think Genoa were doing quite a good job of, of pushing players forward. And sometimes the Lazio uh, midfields after they'd pushed, pushed up to support attack, were quite slow in getting back to help Lucas out. And he was found himself a bit isolated at times. And I did, when he made that challenge for the yellow card, I thought, well, He's just, you know, he's annoyed that he's been made to do it in a way. But there are always other ways, you know. So it is a frustrating part of his game.
1: Yeah, he had Radu close to him. He could avoid the tackle and leave it to Radu. So, um, but yeah, I agree part of your 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 thoughts, obviously. When you're playing close to Minniko Isavic and Luis Alberto, there are going to be ch- occasions where he's going to be all alone to defend. That's obviously one part of the risk of Lazio playing with Minico Isavice and Luis Alberto. But again, uh, you know, a player of his experience, especially because Cataldi came in in the second half. Now he scored an incredible free kick. But for example, on the first goal of, of Genoa, I thought Cataldi was far away from the player. And if Leva was playing, probably this wouldn't have happen, And at the moment, Lazio doesn't have a real Vicheleva. Leiva. Uh, so Leva has to be careful because even Parolo is not that type of player.
2: No, exactly. And actually, that was what that question that uh, we got derailed about because he's not suspended. But the, the, the question was actually about that. It was about how much trust we can have in Cataldi's defensive abilities. And I think, yeah, you're right. The thing is, he's just not a VG Leva because he's a different kind of player. So we can't really look at him as being someone who steps in and does the same job. It does kind of change the way the Lazio play a bit. Um, He does have a lot more technical quality, but then as a result, you have to sacrifice some of that, um, that kind of defensive vision, I suppose, you know, the way that Leva intercepts and always finds himself in the right areas. And I think that's down to his experience as much as anything else. But yeah, I think, Cataldi was was blamed in many ways for the first goal. I don't know if it's quite as simple as if Lever was on the pitch, that goal wouldn't have gone in or he wouldn't have had that space, but it's it's an easy way for people to to criticise him. But then again, L- Lucas Lever wouldn't curl a free kick into the top corner again. So, uh, he, well, maybe he would, but I don't <laughs> think he would. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, it is a different role, you know, and that's the thing is that there is no natural. I mean, it's quite. It would be quite hard in world football to find a player who does everything that Lucas Leiva does because he's 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 phenomenal at that job. But uh, it is slightly concerning that there's no no one really to come in and do the same thing.
1: Yeah, I think Escalante will be the replacement of Leiva, but he's coming next year, and I'm not 100% sure that he has the same skills of Leiva. Obviously, he's a. a Defender midfielder, so he should be able to play in that position. But yeah, at the moment, this year, we don't have any option. The other thing I was thinking, Alistair, is Marco Parolo, that was starting so many matches last year, now he's struggling to find some playtime these days. It's really surprising to see one of those type of players <laughs> struggling to play after you know playing so much in the past years. Uh, that's that's surprising, but at the same time tells you about the increase of level of this team, of performance.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's uh, it's kind of changing the narrative about the team, I think, quite a lot, is that uh, and, and the way I've looked at the team as well, to be honest, because the, the the starting eleven was always deemed as a strong one, one of the strongest in the league, and the question, the, the doubts, I suppose, were around the, the quality and depth. But then recently, we're seeing Lazio continue this, continue this winning mentality, this ability to get the game over the line. And, you know, with Felipe Caicedo starting up front, with the wing-backs being completely different, with the defence changing around, and, yes, you've still got that spine most of the time, you know, of Strakosha, Cherby, Lucas, Milinkovic, Alberto Immobile, but there's still a number of positions to fill around that. And I think of all the things that Inzaghi has done to make this happen this season, that for me is 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 the most crucial thing of all, is his ability to to get the best out of um, some quite limited squad players. You know, if you compare these guys from what they were when they arrived, the likes of Patrick Bastos, even Vavro now, Caicedo, to what they are now... Um, it's incredible to see. Uh, and You know, you can say the same thing about the star players. Compare, you know, Luis Alberto. Savage uh, Savic had a lot of promise, but was there's a long way to go from being a player of promise to, to what he is now. Shiroi Mobili. You know, <laughs> almost everyone that Inzaghi lays his hands on becomes a better player, but his ability to turn guys who have previously been costly, that have cost this team points, that have committed individual errors, and to turn them into guys who at one end of the pitch in defence, are reliable, like but like Patrick has become, like Bastos has become, and at the other end of the pitch, guys like Caicedo, who at one time were kind of workhorses. He was, you know, someone who you would play as a physical strength man up front, but now he's scoring goals, scoring quite a lot of goals. And it's amazing to see. You know, it's, it's amazing to think what, you know, what he could do with an even more talented squad.
1: Yeah, let's not forget that Luis Alberto came to Lazio for 5 million euros. He was hardly playing with Liverpool, right? They sent him on loan to Spain for one year because he was useless. And now he's top assist in Europe. You know, a star player. And uh, yeah, probably you have to give credit even to Iglitari to pick him up. But, you know, look what Inzaghi have made Luis Alberto. From Trequartista to a uh, playmaker in the midfield, quality player, and, uh, yeah, a player who was useless for Liverpool. Liverpool was trying to get rid of him. So, you know...
2: That, that, that's the thing. Like Alberto's a great example of this because of the way he, he knows how to get the best out of these players in, in his system. And the system has rarely changed, but he's been able to use, like, tactical changes with his selection in order to get the best out of these players... Whether that's in the way that he uses Correa and Caicedo differently alongside Immobile or whether that's like you say with Alberto, who originally was a frustrating winger who didn't really do anything for Lazio and then became a trequartista and was excellent in 17-18 season. And when Inzaghi saw that he was starting to get, you know, marked out of games, he wasn't getting as much space, he was struggling a bit. And he moves him further back the pitch and he gets a lot more space, a lot more room in which to dictate and to be able to move around the pitch more freely. And there you go. I mean, it's it sounds simple once you've seen it happen, but yeah. none of these moves were simple at the time, you know?
1: Yeah, and even Leva, you know, Lazio signing from Liverpool and he was not playing anymore with Liverpool. We got rid of Biglia that everybody was saying... He's fundamental for Lazio. He's the playmaker of Lazio. Without Biglia, Lazio is going to lose a lot. And instead, Lazio play even better without him. Uh, We could say the same thing about uh, Caicedo. Plenty of players. So, yeah, we have to give credit to Inzaghi um, and to Tare, obviously. And I'm still not sure, Alistair. We, We are talking about, you know, subs coming in and performing well. But is it thanks to the fact that Lazio is not playing Europe League and Inzaghi has a week to prepare the match or, you know, the, the starters have can rest more during the week? Or do you think that with these subs like Patrick, etc., Lazio would have been able to uh, go further even in Europe League?
2: No, I, I would still contend that we kind of needed this to happen. We needed... To drop out of of the cup competitions, at least one anyway. And um, I, I I don't know about you, but this this last week I haven't been feeling envious of watching Roma and Inter in the Europa League. I haven't really been looking at these games thinking, oh, I wish we were involved. Um, and I guess that's because of the position we're in in Serie. A. And I think that if if we're in, if we're going to continue this um, this momentum, then, I think a big part of the reason has to be the not only the recovery and rest and recuperation time, but the preparation time as well. You know, they're getting a full, full weeks yeah. period to, to actually tactically prepare for these teams, and there are very few easy games left, um, to be honest. And uh, Genoa away, like like you were saying at the start, you know, they were unbeaten in four. Won their last two. The wind was in their sails. The fans are behind them again. And you know that the Marassi is not an easy place to go for any team, let alone a team like Lazio with history behind them and all of this. Um, So yeah, I I I still think that it's not a good enough squad, not a big enough squad to really go that far in three competitions. But I think it's good enough to get the job done in in what we're trying to do now. I hope.
1: What are we trying to do? Just to be sure.
2: Well, we're, we're trying to stay where we are. <laughs> um, do everything we can to stay where we are. I'm not going to say the S word. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, no, the, 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 the target is Champions League. I mean, that would be a, a terrific achievement. Um, to be honest, I saw Juventus play because Inter didn't. And again, this is another match that I'm not convinced. You didn't play well at all. Uh, they're really struggling. They're really struggling. Take off Cristiano Ronaldo out of this team. And, you know, they lose a lot because, again, and they weren't playing against, you know, Real Madrid. They were playing against Spal, that, you know, is getting relegated easily this season. So this would have been a, a match that last year Juventus would have won 4 0. And uh, th- they have been struggling. So I-, I don't want to talk about the S-word, but the biggest difference I feel is that US playing badly has probably the best team in Serie A, but is playing terrible. Inter probably has a better team than Lazio, but they're not playing great football. Let's be honest. They have weaknesses. Uh, they don't know how to put Ericsson in place, and they're not playing great. On the other side, there is Lazio, who... Hasn't got that many talents, uh, many options, etc. But he's playing great football, even against Genoa. Everybody said, "Lazio played a great match and deserved to win." You know, so I wouldn't say the s word. My target is still the Champions League, and being at this point with 17 points ahead of Roma, that's, you know, that's great. That's really impressive.
2: Could be worse. Yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting to see, I think it was Agnelli today um, yep. was talking about that and, and said that uh, essentially the thing that Lazio have got over Inter is that there isn't any weight of expectation. You know, Inter is a team that's been built to win. And with that comes a certain degree of pressure, a certain degree of yeah expectation from your fans, from your owners, from everyone. Um, and who are already in a position where they're overachieving, and by doing so, can play with that kind of freedom. And I think that's quite easy, you know, it's quite easy to say. But so far, to be honest, Vitor, I think that that's true, that's been true, because not only have you seen Lazio continue to win these games, but you see them continue to do it with a laugh, a smile on their face, this amazing atmosphere between this amazing unity between the fans and the team and there's a really good buzz around the team right now and I feel like for me a lot of that is does just come from a team that is doing better than anyone expected and if you compare that atmosphere to the atmosphere at Inter and Juve where yes they're doing as well if not better in Juve's case in the league as, as last year the season but but the the narrative is totally different. The way they're being talked about in the newspapers and the TV is totally different to Lazio. So it it does kind of work. Yes, yes, I agree on part of it, but I think this team
1: is having a such run of form that they simply want to win every single match, you know.
3: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumpacasino.com.
2: It's my little escape.
3: Now Judy's the life of the party.
2: Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
3: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumpacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. chumpacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: When you get used to it, you hate to lose, and you can see it. Right, Radu at, at the end of the first half said, "We have to keep fighting. We have to keep fighting." And this is how they're playing, right? They hate to lose. They 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 don't remember how how to lose, and they want to keep winning every single match. I don't think they're even looking to the table they're just thinking okay next weekend there's bologna we have to beat bologna and you know I think it's when you start winning so many match or not losing so many match you know last lost match was the 25th of September we in February you 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 sort of auto convince yourself that you have to win the next one that you cannot lose and when you have that confidence then you know, it's easier to overcome. Uh, we said last week Lazio um, went down nine times this year and eight times they were able to recover. So this proves you how confident the team is. So uh, obviously they don't have that much pressure, but at the same time, you're so convinced that you can win. That simply the team, we saw it celebrate after the 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 final whistle of the match against Genoa, they were celebrating, like, you know, winning the Coppa Italia, because they they feel like they need to win every match. They hate losing a match from now on. So, I think it's both parts, you know, confidence and not feeling the pressure.
2: Yeah, and that's the perfect balance to strike, isn't it? You need to, yeah. you, you need both those things, and you also need that level-headedness as well, that experience, and, you know, the guys like Radu, like Acerbi, like Lukas Leva, who have who have kind of been there before and, and can say, you know, or at least know when to say, you know, let's calm down here. We need to stay focused or whatever the message has to be. And for me, that was probably the most encouraging part on a mentality perspective from the game against Genoa was that, um, you know, the the momentum really swung at one point. You know, after Genoa got their goal back, you know, yep. Nikola was throwing on forwards. I have no idea what system they were playing by the end. But uh, throwing on forwards, including a certain Goran Pandev. Yeah. And uh, the pressure was building and building. And I think we all felt like, in our gut, that something bad might be about to happen. Because, you know, and the reason is that we've seen bad things happen in those moments before, but again it, it just i was completely wrong about it you know my gut was completely wrong there again and this keeps happening this season where i think that we've seen this film before and history is going to repeat itself and then how do they react they go up the other end they get one chance from a free kick and they score and they extend that advantage they instantly kill that momentum yes genoa got another goal back again but by that stage it's too late and they're just managing games so well and they don't really seem phased by the those momentum swings, by uh, the atmosphere so much as perhaps they've, they, they have done in the past.
1: Yeah, let's not forget last year, for example, Lazio went playing against Genoa away. We had like 10 players missing. We went ahead in the first half and we lost to one. So, you know, it, it's fresh in our memory. But the other thing is, if you remember after the brescia match someone was saying is lazio tired is the fatigue coming out etc we saw it against against genoa lazio fighting and running till the last minute so this team is fresh even though you know we are playing since august and this this is really important and absolutely you know after the the goal of genoa we were all scared because genoa was pushing lazio was a little bit struggling and then we have three chances because, yes, we had the chance of Cataldi, but let's not forget that Korea had two great chances afterwards to, to kill the match. So, uh, I don't know if it's experience or what, but it's a different team. The players are pretty much the same of last year, but the team is playing different football. They, they have more experience, they are more careful, they don't make silly mistakes like last year. So, yeah, it's it's completely different, and and obviously it's it's unbelievable. You know, it's it's great for a fan, but yeah, this team is it's another team compared to last year, and and it's great.
2: What well, do you think? Um, you mentioned Korea uh, there, and I just wanted to see what you thought about the selection now, because you know, for for a long time this season, anyway, Korea was considered the kind of first choice partner. to Immobile was in really good form, started. Started off missing a lot of chances, then seemed to solve that problem. Um, but the way Casero's been playing recently, it's quite hard to move him out of the team. So do you still think of Correa as the first choice option there? Or do you think Casero deserves to continue?
1: I have to be honest, I didn't like Correa uh, against Genoa. I thought while the rest of the team were fighting, he was a little bit less concentrate. And this is the second time in a row that happens when he come in. Um, while last year for example when he was coming in I remember the, the goal against Milan in the last minute he was really on fire uh, I don't know if he's still not 100% fit or is simply lack of motivation or concentration when he comes in in the second half but I, I wasn't impressed I thought that with the right Correa yesterday Lazio could have easily closed the match 4-1, 4-2, something like that uh, I thought Casado was a little bit tired. He was struggling in the second half. So, Inzaghi had to make that change. Probably Casado wasn't 100% fit. But, you know, if I have to take a negative thing from from yesterday, is the performance of Johnny and of Correa. Uh, we know the talent of Correa. And, yeah, I think he had two great chances and he didn't take it. Which, you know, for a team fighting for the Scudetto, you cannot make it happen.
2: So how are you feeling about Bologna then? Um, You know, I saw them a couple of weeks ago. They came to Rome. They won. Uh, (laughs) They won pretty comfortably, to be honest. I know this hasn't exactly been the the most vintage Roma side ever, and it was a bad time for them, but they really impressed me that night. I thought they played great football. They played like the home team, to be honest. They have a number of dangerous players, um, particularly... In midfield, but now they've added Musabero, who's an interesting player as well. They caused us problems in the first game this season with that penalty gate, penalty whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, how confident are you feeling? Do you expect many changes to the team?
1: No, I don't think they're going to have. They're going to be many changes. Well, it depends on the injury situation. But I don't think Inzaghi Inzaghi is going to change that much. Again, it's a very tough match. We know Mijalovic is a great manager. Uh, Even though Bologna didn't play well this weekend, it's it's a tough team. They have a couple of very interesting players, Solini, for example. I think the defense is not great. So, you know, if Lazio is able to push and put pressure on Bologna's defense, that's going to be uh, the way to win this match. But again, it's, it's going to be a difficult match. It's Saturday, so Lazio has one day less to prepare this match. Uh, we have question marks with Acerbi. So it's a tough match, to be honest. And as you were saying before, they are not easy match for Lazio now because past Pal, I think all the other matches are going to be complicated for Lazio. So uh, again, it's very important to win. I'm talking about the Champions League race. Winning again is, is going to be fundamental and um, yeah, I mean, Latvia has to prepare like it's a uh, final again.
2: Yeah, um, I, I think in particular for me, the um, uh, the the importance of winning the home games is huge, and it's not really been an issue so far this season. And and going even further back than that, you know, the home form has been terrific, and I expect because of the time and uh, you know. I think it's a three o'clock Saturday game.
1: Yeah,
2: and I think we're going to get see another good crowd for that game. Fingers crossed. There's no coronavirus intrusions on uh, on Rome. So far, we're safe down here, um, but you never know. Um, and yeah, I think we have to be winning these games. You know, there was uh, I, I was looking at the fixtures last week. I wrote wrote. An article about this, and having a bit of a look at the running, and trying to kind of categorise the, the the games, the last who've got left, and into kind of three categories, and one of one of those was banana skin games, you know, games that we should be winning but that pose a real danger, and and I put the Bologna game in, in that category, and not only just because they're they're a better team than you might expect and a well coached team, um, but also that it comes on the same weekend as Juventus. And I just hope that uh, that the idea of going top of the table or the idea of extending the gap to, or whatever it is, just the thought of those two going head to head doesn't prove a distraction in any way. And look, there's not been any um, evidence to suggest so far this season that this team will be distracted by what's going on elsewhere. But. It is something that uh, might be in the back of their minds because it could—it has the potential to be a, a monumental weekend in that way. You know, if Lazio can do something as simple on paper as beating Bologna at home and there's a draw or an Inter win in the other game, Lazio are top Don't of the league. Don't say it. it around, so... <laughs> Don't say it. You're too late. <laughs> I'm just doing maths here. It's just yeah, yeah. simple <laughs>
1: You know, it, it's going to be a different week because there's all these rumors about coronavirus and things like that. There's UE playing Champions League. So, you know, uh, the question mark of Acerbi, that's going to be important for Lazio. Uh, and yeah, Bologna is a very dangerous team. So, you know, it, it's I, I think the player will be focused only on the match. They They won't be thinking about what happened the day afterwards. Obviously, after the match... They're going to be thinking about uh, Juventus-Inter. But um, they're going to be focused only on the match. And to be honest, Juventus playing at home, you know, I see it difficult for, for Inter to go there and, uh, and and win it. So we're going to see what happens. But I think it's a very complicated match for Lazio again. So Lazio have to prove again to be, you know, have that mentality to, to be in that position and, and beat Bologna. Which is not easy.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, and you know, it's, I, I do think it's. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's it's. I hate to say it. It's a it's a game that it's quite difficult to see well, that's your. Messing up, but. Uh, I don't know. I, I still remain terrified every weekend. <laughs> yeah, it's, like it's still that. football.
1: <laughs> Anything can happen. So you know. You cannot give anything for granted in a football match, especially in Serie A level. So anything can happen. There are players like Palacio who often score against Lazio, uh, Orsolini who's really good, you know, Barrow, etc. So they have plenty of options to 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 score. So anything can happen. Uh, Alistair, before wrapping it up, do you have a stats this time? Are you prepared?
2: Always prepared, Vittorio. Good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just a few. Um, like I've already said, it's so easy this season. <laughs> so now we're on 59 points. That's the biggest number of points you have ever accumulated after 25 games. But not only that, it's the biggest amount by six. So taking into account three points for a win, the next most you had by this point in the season was in 73, 74, obviously the first Scudetto season. and when we were at 53, so massively outperforming um, history at the moment. Um, uh, many people might have already seen this, but Chiro Mobili matched the, the all-time record for goals after 25 games of Angelilo from the 50s um, by scoring his 27th. And uh, yeah, finally, um, there's only actually been two times in history that the second place team has had more points than Lazio. Sorry, not in history. In, in the last nine years, the, the second place team has had more points than Lazio do right now. So there you go. Wow,
1: interesting, interesting. Thank you, Alessandro, as usual. And thanks you, everybody, for listening. Again, remember, you can watch us on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Spreaker, and iTunes. And please rate and review the podcast if you can. And we're going to talk again after Lazio-Bologna. Another very, very, very important match. Thanks, Alessandro. Have a good night.